Hello and welcome to episode 323 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the front man, Matt from the amazing band Citizen. I hope as you're listening to this, maybe you're going to now discover a brand new favourite band of yours. They are phenomenal. The interview actually took place a few months ago, but as we're sitting here right now, they're just about to embark on some UK dates, so I thought the best time to put this podcast out would be about now. Also, their brand new album, Calling the Dogs, is out too, and you can go and enjoy that after listening to today's interview with me and Matt. It really is one of the best albums I've heard in a very long time. I've been listening to it for the last couple of months and I absolutely love it. They're going to be one of your new favourite rock bands, I guarantee it. And in true typical Mark and Me fashion, before I give you that interview, let's quickly touch base and talk about episode 322. On that episode, I was joined by the band His Lordship. Again, I've seen new listeners coming on board, discovering this podcast, and then also discovering this band. So a massive thanks to everyone that listened, found a new band, and also to the band themselves. I saw on the His Lordship Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram you sharing the episodes, which brought a whole lot of new followers my way, and I really appreciate it. And if you're now back off the back of this episode, so thank you so much for getting on board of Mark and me, and I really hope you stick around for the long run. But today it's all about the band Citizen and Matt is just a great guest. So I think the best thing to do before anything else is to get straight to the interview. So here's me and Matt talking all things music. So, Matt, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Matt, what I do with all guests that come on the podcast is take it right back to the very start. So what I'd love to know is when you were growing up, can you remember that first album that you bought maybe with your pocket money or someone passed it down to you in the family that made you absolutely fall in love with music? Yeah, it was uh, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. What an album. I I know. you know, I always thought music was cool, obviously, and I would watch MTV a lot, you know, when I was really, really young, single digits. And um, I don't remember what age, but I mean, I had to have been very, very, very young, um, probably like first grade, maybe the year before that, I'm not sure, but I was at Costco and um, with my grandma and I saw the cover of Hybrid Theory and... I was like, well, that looks really cool. And then I was looking at it, and then I saw the song um, Crawling, which I saw on MTV. And I was like, oh, I remember this. And I begged her to buy it for me. And I totally, I mean, Chester Bennington was one of my idols growing up. I mean, I still would consider him an idol. And um, yeah, that that band, um, shortly after that, I got really into Slipknot. And... I still love Slipknot. I um, have all of their masks. And, uh, That's very them, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Slipknot fan. And uh, yeah, those. I would say those two bands are uh, the bands that really got me interested in music. And um, drums were my first instrument. And I was a huge 
uh, Joey Jorison. Yeah, what an absolute and, hero. Yeah, total monster. You know, I really looked up to all those guys and and so still are do. you a fan of um are you, we've had a band over here recently that are really starting to make make a name for themselves and have gone on tour with Slipknot, but are you a fan of Sleep Token? Oh, they are a good band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're they're the I think they're gonna be the next big thing. They're really starting to make a name for themselves and getting like really high up on the bills and I know Slipknot are massive fans, so I can see them kind of taking the crown from them eventually. Uh, yes, I see their name everywhere, and, and I've listened, and, and I do think they're pretty good. R- right now, at this point in my life, I'm not listening to too much heavy stuff. No. But, you know, everything comes in waves, and, you know, in, in a month, I could just be craving that. And, but, <laughs> That's you know, thing, though, this... isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to listen to some really fucking chilled out, like, Clarity by Jimmy Eat World, and then I'll go and listen to Deftones, and then I'll listen to Pantera. I'm like, it, it all depends on how I'm feeling. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's funny because my wife, Shay, will show me a song. And if it's not the right mood I'm in, I'm kind of just like, it's oh, pretty cool. And then I'll hear her <laughs> listening to that same song two months later. And I'm like, oh, my God, what song is this? Like, I got to know. You know? And She's like, I told you about this two months yeah, ago. You didn't she, give a shit. Yeah, she always points it out to me. Like, I showed you this and you didn't care. And I was like, well, I wasn't in the right mood for it. Now I am, and I really love it. <laughs> so, so music for me changed when I went to see my first band live, and I was very lucky, so I'm just over 40, but I, I saw Green Day on their Dookie tour when they first started out. Wow. Uh, and they were fucking incredible. Um, and they were only a free piece then, and they they weren't as big as, you know, what they are now. They were... They still felt like the underdogs and playing stuff like When I Come Around and Basket Case was incredible. But um, what it made me realize is just how powerful music can be live. And do you remember your first gig or um, experience of live music? Yeah, I actually, um, I think the first, the first show I ever went to was at Kobo Arena in Detroit. And it was... Um, it was called 89X Stole Christmas. It was like a radio event. Okay. And um, my mom used to be like a radio personality. So she got free tickets to the show and she took me and my brother. And it was Motion City Soundtrack, Fallout Boy, Fucking 311, wow. 311, Coheed and Cambria, and... I think rise against that Jesus was Christ. Like, how did you that, top it, that? It, it was totally stacked. It was stacked. And you know, I was really young. Once again, I had to have been in like second grade. Yeah. Something like that. And it was, it was the greatest time of my life at the time, at least, you know, it's still a very fond memory. It was, it was awesome. Coed in Cambria live are unbelievable. Claudio to sing and play the guitar and, still well out those absolutely incredible vocals as well as playing what he does it blows my mind never in my life could i do <laughs> anything close to that it's <laughs> unbelievable well, what a first experience of live music dude like what do you follow that up with like that bill is so stacked with so many good so, names it's like you peaked so early so it's so funny because like i didn't know like i just thought that's what shows were like yeah i I didn't know that there were 100 cap venues (laughs) with shows um having only 20 people there i had no idea i just thought oh wow if you're in a band this is what you do 
You know, like this is what you do. This is crazy. You know, I had the Lincoln Park live in Texas, Slipknot disaster pieces. I'm watching, you know, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever Conan. And I'm just like seeing just huge things. And that's all I knew. And when I first, when I went to my first local show, I was, <laughs> I mean, I, I had an amazing time, but I was like, this is a downgrade. There's nobody here. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there's nobody here. What's going on? I was in, there's a, a venue called Headliners in Toledo. And I think it was a band called Amber Pacific. I don't know if you remember that band, but uh, it's kind of like a MySpace, but... MySpace era band. And, yeah. um, you know, like cute is what we aim for. Type oh, nice. Yeah. Type world. And so I went to that show being like, this is going to be crazy. And, I mean, it was like me and 40 people in a 500 cap room. And, and I, you know, I still had a great time. I was, I don't know, fifth grade, sixth grade, somewhere around there. I was really young. I still had a great time, but I was just like, huh. So I started going to more shows and that's just how all the shows were. There was nobody there. And I was, that's when I started to understand uh that there's there's levels to yeah, being a that's band. it isn't like, it? oh levels. wow like you, you don't just play music and you're not just you don't you're not playing you're not playing at kobo arena to thousands of people you know what i'm saying it's and i played my first show and it was like obviously nobody there and i was just like okay that's what this is you have to work your way up the yeah ranks. it's like a mountain to get up yeah and and that's the thing with music is you never know if you're going to get there. I mean, I know, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I play in a band called Citizen and I, I feel like we're in a very nice position. And I see people that have so much more talent than me and are so good. And just for some reason, it doesn't stick with people. And that, you know, is not lost on me. Like, I feel like uh, music is a lot of luck and time and place and i'm you know not, not that citizen is you know we're not playing arenas or anything but we do pretty well i i am very fortunate and grateful to um have been in the right time in the right place because i see a lot of people that are amazing and i'm just like wow you it's, should be uh... you should be killing it yeah, it, no. it's a weird world, isn't it? Because you'll go and watch a gig, and the support band can blow the main band off stage, and you're like, "How are they not bigger?" But something just—I think you said it perfectly. Sometimes you need luck. Sometimes you just need to be in the right place at the right time. I go to festivals, and I can't believe that some of these bands aren't headlining. You know, it's right. it blows my mind. But you know, that—that's the way the world is. Yeah, timing really is everything. You know, Citizen, we put out our first, like we put out our first record when the internet was at its rise, like Tumblr was becoming a thing. Um, it, and our album cover at the time for a record called youth was so like as aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing to the Tumblr crowd yeah. that it was almost like the, the album cover was bigger than the album. It was getting shared so much, but you know, with that comes, Oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? And, we just totally time and place, right, right timing. Uh, we got very, very lucky as a band. So when you started Citizen, was that your first uh, kind of 
uh, dive into the music industry with a band or during college and school did you have like a band that you did battle the bands or you're just playing covers and stuff or was it citizen is your first kind of taste for it so no i've i've been playing in bands more like metal metalcore or yeah. hardcore bands since i was 10 or 11 and wow. i've been playing shows since then you know at local venues around toledo and which is always hilarious to be in 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 those bands you know nick and eric were in those bands too we've always been in bands together so you know we would show up the squad of like 10 to 12 year olds and everybody else there is mid 20s and uh i don't think anybody really took us seriously but we but we really liked it and i think i was 17 when i finally when i decided i don't want to play drums anymore and i just want to sing and that just came from a place of i'm so sick of replacing cymbals and i'm sick of replacing heads and i hate i hate taking my drums to the venues it's just so horrible and it's i would always like yeah yeah and i would always leave things at the venues i would leave my cymbals on accident you know or whatever and it's just i just felt like it was a huge money pit and you know that comes from my own stupidity but with that being said it, it definitely playing drums is a huge thing and i was like i'm just want to sing i because then i don't need anything <laughs> just my microphone so, yeah that's it yeah so then i started citizen when i was 17 um or 16 i can't remember but um citizen is um the first the first band I've ever sang for. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I've been primarily a drummer. So, were you self-taught to sing? Did you just watch other bands and kind of learn techniques, or did you have singing lessons, or were you just like, I'm just going to do what I think's right? Yeah, I just, I just kind of went for it, and I just tried to copy all my, you know, I mean Chester Bennington. Like, I just tried to copy him my whole, my whole life, because you know I've been singing for a long time, just for fun, because you know I really wanted to be like that guy and i loved the uh, the gruff in his yeah. voice and how he screamed but could also sing and i knew that when i started citizen i was like i need to i i want that and i want to be that you know and um yeah so i kind of just went for it um over time your your voice can't do that i mean i, I started blowing my voice out and so i did have to kind of learn to um scream without hurting my voice and all that stuff but you know initially um it was just me just going for it just totally trying to to copy all my favorite singers <laughs> i mean i mean citizen has been going a long time and you've obviously put a lot of work in and years and years of gigging and stuff to get to where you are now and then you get to kind of see the reward um with the kind of and i'm not saying struggle but with the road it's it's a lot of work, isn't it? There's a lot of gigs where there's no one there and then you hopefully win a support slot and then have a golden ticket to try and win some new fans from a bigger band. And it's a journey, but what is it that makes you still do it after all these years? Is it that it's just inside you and you just want to get it to the biggest, best place you can find? You know, I I think it just comes from, you know, we, we really love music and yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's why we're doing it. Um, being, you know, being in a band, or I, I feel like not even exclusively just being in a band, but doing any type of 
art form where it's just you and you can't really rely on anybody else is it's filled with the highest highs and the lowest lows. I mean, bands will never not play bad shows. The biggest bands will play bad shows. It, it never ends. I mean, citizen last year, we had two sold out nights in LA at a 1300 cap venue. So what 2,600 people amazing. And then the show after that, there was 300 people in a 1500 cap room. So it's like, man, the, we had the two best nights of our lives. What a come down. Yeah. You know, just so amazing. Oh man, this is the greatest feeling ever. I'm so happy and I'm so lucky. And this is so awesome to, holy shit, should I go get a job? Like this is horrible. (laughs) You know, like, you know, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, once again, having 300 people at any show is still just so awesome. But when you're in a, a very large room, it does not feel very awesome, you know, but um, I think you kind of get addicted to those, those highs. And, um, you know, you play that one show um, that just makes you feel like you're on top of the world. And ultimately, you know, if it's songs you're writing and it's something you've invested so much time into and you just see it resonating with so many people. It's, it's just something like, I can't, I've never had that feeling recreated anywhere else. So. So does that kind of make you want to keep trying to achieve that again? You want the 1300 people sell out huge room, no more tickets left feeling as more and frequent as you can. Yeah. Yeah. you, You always want that, you know, it just makes you happy. And, it's, you know, it's just like this like crazy dopamine rush. And, and I love like, I mean, the citizen fan base or whatever, like, I, I feel like I know so many of the people that like citizen personally that like, I can like be in, I could, I'm on stage and I'm looking, I'm like, I know that person. I know that person. I've seen them for the past 10 years. I've, I feel like we've grown with these people and, um, if I just saw them on the street, I would be like, Oh, what's up? You know? And it's a really cool like a little community. family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like a really cool community uh, type thing. I feel like to me, it's so much more than just being in a band and Oh man, we just played a soul out show. That's awesome. I just like, there's just this, this underlying tone of like almost like, you know, family in a way. It's just kind of like, oh man, I've, I've been around these people, you know, for over 10 years and I, and I know all these people and they're still here at plus more, hopefully. Um, and it, it's just such a weird, weird, cool, weird, cool thing. I mean, I, I just, I can't think of anything else that I would do that could recreate any of that. I really couldn't, I'm not sure. But there probably is, you know. Do, do you have a vision for the band of where you want to take it? Because obviously you've got a new album coming out. You've got a tour across the world again. I mean, you're in Europe. I've seen some dates in the UK, which is awesome. Um, but is there like a goal? Are you like, we want to headline a festival or we want to be on the main stage at somewhere like Slam Dunk? Or is there certain things that, like as a band you want to achieve? Or do you just take each day as it comes? Yeah, we we've never had a plan as a band and um, anytime we have kind of dipped into that mindset, it's been disappointing. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we, we never intended for citizen to be our job. We, we didn't, I mean, I've never in a million years, you know, in 2013 would have thought it would be 2023 and I would be gearing up to go on the biggest tour we've ever done. You know, I just never, never expected any of this. And, um, we just take everything in stride and, um, everything is a majority vote. Hey, do you guys, we just got the offer to play this fest. Do you guys want to do it? And if, you know, more than half of us say yes, we do it. More than half say no, we don't. And I, I feel like that has done really well. There, there's a pretty funny uh, office quote that I, I would totally butcher if I tried to say it word <laughs> for word. But it's like something along the lines of like, you know, having no expectations equals no disappointment, you know? And, um, you know, once again, it's worded differently, but I, I think it's funny because it's kind of how we operate. And even though it's a joke, it's also true. I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? Because isn't it a great feeling that, you know, you've been at the band for so many years and it, it must feel like right now you're, you're at your peak. So all that work, all the small shows, all the, you know, the, the, the effort and time you've put in is paying off. Like, it is the biggest tour you're about to go on. Like that's a fucking awesome feeling. You see some bands that start really high and then decline and always try and get back what they've had because they've had those glory days, but yours are still ahead of you. Yeah. I, th I think citizen is, is constantly kind of evolving and you know, that comes from, you know, the things we're listening to just change and, and it doesn't mean we don't like, the things that inspired youth or the things that inspired everybody's going to heaven or as you please or glass world or any of our other records, whatever, but your influences change and that bleeds into what you're, what you're writing always, you know? And I feel like with every citizen record that comes out, it's almost like a clean slate and citizen has never been the hottest band you know, we've, we've never been the hottest band. We released Youth and nobody liked it initially, our first record. Nobody liked it. It got critically panned. Uh, we released Everybody's Going to Heaven. Everybody hated that record. We released As You Please and nobody really cared. Like, we've never been the hottest band. But the thing is, is it seems that we grow on people and the fact that everything is constantly changing people kind of evolve with us yeah and we're, you know we're very lucky to be in that scenario because sometimes bands put out a record and it could be different and people don't ever want to they just they make up their minds and they're done with that band but it seems like people are, are willing to kind of sit with us and um I think that keeps everything interesting and that keeps for, you know, a more uh, like a longer lasting, like people, what am You're I trying evolving, to say? Aren't like, you? You're evolving yeah, as a like, band and people are there for, for it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like people evolve with us and yeah, you know, we, we've never in our lives have we released an album and have gotten critical praise ever. It's always, people do not like it and some people do that's how it, it, it it's always been and then it always ends up growing on people and 
I mean, you know, back in 2013, when we released youth, it was like, man, the shows were, were not good. They, we've, <laughs> I, there's no other way to say it. They were not good for years. And it just seemed like over time, like it became this thing and every record we put out seems to live in its own world and have its own fan base. And um, I think that really adds to the longevity of citizen. And ultimately that comes down to, you know, doing what we want to do and what we're excited about and, um, and having that kind of trump everything else. What was there a moment that you think, or something that happened within the band that then changed? Because if the shows weren't good and you were like, this isn't good, what was it that clicked or changed or dynamically, you know, happened for the band that then you were like, fuck, this is starting to be good. Like I believe in our shows now. I'm really enjoying this. It's, you know, citizen is a, is a slow progression. The shows, nothing ever clicked. It was like, there's, 50 people at a show the next year there's 100 people at the show next yeah. year there's 200 people at the show the next year there's 250 people at the shows the next it's just a slow slow climb you know you know what i'm saying we've we've done so much grinding and so you know it, man sleeping on bathroom floors with <laughs> yeah. you know with my hoodie as a pillow like we we've we've done it and it, it feels really good to, you know, to be farther up that mountain. And, you know, at some point it, it's going to end. Right. So we're just, we're just enjoying it while we have it. And, you know, once again, trusting our gut instinct has always done us well. And um, we're feeling pretty good. So going into this largest tour that you've got and with some European dates and stuff, are you nervous or are you just ready to grab it and just absolutely treasure it and give it the best you can? Or is there something inside that still every night makes you think, fuck, like we really need to kick ass tonight? No, I'm, I don't feel nervous at all. Um, I feel really excited. Um, there, there's just like a new life in citizen we had two new members join and um one of them is just the goofiest dude you know that um he's just very shamelessly himself and the way that he is has loosened us all up and i mean before i would play shows and I would stand there like a rock and I'd close my eyes and I wouldn't open it the whole show. Like I I think about some of the shows we've had and I am surprised people are still coming because if, you know, it's just kind of like, man, these guys are just lifeless, you know, and (laughs) I wouldn't say a word to the crowd. And I was just so like, I can't, I can't be myself or I'm going to get judged. I can't, talk to people or they're going to make fun of me. I can't say the wrong thing or they're going to laugh at me. I just have to be here and sing the song and get off stage is, was my mindset. Isn't that and, such a tough mindset though, dude? Isn't that so fucking poisoning that you can't be yourself? You're like wearing a mask every night and kind of isolating yourself from your real personality. It, it, it made me really not like playing music. Yeah. There was, 
there was a stretch of time where I was absolutely sure Citizen was no longer going to be a band and it and it stemmed from all of us being miserable. We just we were so stiff and I think that comes from a place of insecurity. Uh, people weren't getting along in the band at the time. It was just, you know, why are we doing this was the the mindset and having, you know, people like Mason and Ben who are just just really excited and don't care. And I mean, Mason's like a little kid on a sugar rush, you know, it's, it's hilarious. And um, he has really opened us all up and Ben and I feel like citizen shows now are more fun than ever. They're more energetic than ever. And I'm not, you know, I, I love, I love talking to the crowd. I love talking to fans on Instagram live or in the crowd. If I walk out, like I, I really love human interaction. Right. And it, it feels good to not be afraid to try to command the crowd and have the show be as fun as possible. And, you know, when you say something like jump and everybody jumps, it's just like, Oh, yeah, that was so cool. What else could I say? You know, like no shame. And, um, I I'm really glad that, you know, we're, we're in the place that we are because we're all just so excited and so comfortable. It almost feels like we're just starting the band for the first time. That's amazing, man. Especially after all these years. So do you believe right now the audience are getting the real you? Are you not holding back anymore? Are you being Matt? Are you like, this is me and I'm not going to hide. Oh, I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to feel what I want to feel and hopefully not be judged for it. I do. I, I mean, I feel, I feel really good and I feel, I mean, I think I did worry about too much. I, I wanted everybody to like me, you know, and don't we all do it every day? Yeah. I mean, I still want people to like me, obviously, you know, it's just, it's totally normal, but, um, you know, it would be to a point where I would let, you know, I would, you know, like you said, put a, put a mask on and just be like, okay, how, if I'm as faceless and expressionless as I possibly can be, then there's no reason to not like me. Right. Yeah. And it, it feels good to, to open up. I mean, like I, I'm not like a sad emo guy. I'm not. Um, a lot of citizen songs are sad and are emo or whatever you want to classify it, but that's just a, a snapshot um, and how I was feeling at, at that time in life. It's not, it's not my overall arching personality. And I think that a lot of people um, have thought that I'm this like dark, I sit in a corner with a cape on type, <laughs> you know, like type person. Yeah. And I'm just not, I, I'm, I'm pretty goofy. I'm never serious. And, you know, I, I love to do martial arts and go to lift weights. And I, I love being around my friends and family. And um, it feels good to kind of take, you know, to take those actual pieces of myself and apply them to the citizen world where now I feel like the people at the shows are, are my friends too. And I can goof around and I can joke. I mean, I did an Instagram live on the citizen Instagram where I was making French toast and cutting steak 
with my hands. And, you know, like kind of just doing – I mean, you don't realize some of the stuff you do is stupid, but I'm like holding the steak and cutting it with scissors <laughs> instead of a knife, and everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I guess this is kind of stupid, huh? But, you know, it's just – but it's letting it, it's, people into you, isn't it? It's letting people see the real you and like not wearing the mask, and that's important. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do feel really good, and um, I, I know I, I feel like everybody in Citizen feels a bit of the same. And with the new album, how long have you been sat on it? Has it been a while before, you know, obviously there's always delays with COVID and everything or um, getting vinyls pressed, or is it quite recent that it's just been mastered? Yeah, w- w- we recorded the record in February and I think it was totally done, um, in March. So not too long. Yeah, no, it wasn't our last record. I I think we sat on it for, I mean, over a year because of all the COVID stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it, it felt good to kind of, you know, business as usual. Uh, we've always recorded a record and just released it, you know, a handful of months later. And, um, you know, it still feels new to us which is cool. And I really love, I love glass world. I, it's one of my favorite citizen records, but it, by the time it released, it didn't, it didn't feel new anymore. It was no. kind of just like, Oh yeah, here's this here, you know, I don't know. We're a little bit bored <laughs> of it now. So here it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Here, I guess. <laughs> so with this new album, are you really excited to start getting some of the songs into the set list? And then, you know, obviously when people come and see you, you have a, a, a kind of a, I think you owe it your fans to play the certain songs they want to hear, but at the same time, for you as a band to keep you sane and not have to keep playing the same song 200, 300 times, it must be lovely to have some brand new, exciting songs, new dynamics, new lyrics to sing. You know, it must be an exciting time to start introducing them into the set. Yeah, it's always fun to see like what's going to catch and what people are going to respond to. You know, there's been songs that we thought were just going to be smash hits with the crowd that you play and nobody it's just totally dead you know so putting out a new record is is always a lot of experimenting and okay like i really want to play this um i don't know how it's going to go over in a live setting but you know like let's just do it and see and and that's always really exciting and yeah we we play everything we 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 never want to spitefully you know oh man, this is our new record and you have to like it. You know, we, you know, like I, I never get sick of playing old stuff. I, you know, it, it's, it's almost like every time I play a song as it gets older and it still gets whatever reaction, you know, hopefully positive, it gets a positive reaction. I just, it almost makes me like it even more. I'm like, oh, I can't even believe this is happening. You know, I like wrote this, you know, in my bathroom after I took a shit. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On the toilet. That's where all the scissor records are just made on the toilet. So. That's amazing. But no, but it, I, I am excited to, um, you know, play new songs. And I think they have a good energy that will do a live show really well. And that's something that I thought about when I was writing it is, you know, like, is is this going to be exciting to see live? Um, it's going to be awesome to see you in the UK, man. I've never seen you live, and uh, I've been listening to your album this week, and I've been, like, diving down on Spotify and then working my way through, and I just basically hit random. That's the best way I fall in love with a band because it gives me a taste of everything. And uh, I can't wait to hear the songs live. It's so good that you're going to be here in the UK. 
Yeah, we're so excited. I think, man, I think the last time, I mean, we played, we played at Outbreak Fest yeah. last year, but. How fucking mental is that festival that there's I mean, no the, fucking barrier and people are just like, this is mental. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really crazy. That, it, that's such an amazing fest and the people that do it do such a great job. Um, we, we haven't done like a proper tour in, in the UK since I think 2018. So it's going to be our, our, our first time back in a long time. And I know we're, we're all really excited. Um, it, it seems like that people are excited too. And I know that the ticket sales are really, really good. And that obviously makes you feel good. And we, we just can't wait to kind of get back out there and, um, you know, just kind of return to all these places we haven't been before and, you know, maybe some new places too. We'll have to catch up and have a drink and uh, do some more interviews face to face. Yeah. Where are you located at? Uh, I'm the closest venue to me will be Birmingham. So it's, uh, cool. it's not too far, but it's a great venue. Uh, it's got some great history and it, the sound in there is fucking ace. So uh, it's a good, it's a awesome. good one to see you at. Awesome. Hell yeah. I'm glad uh, we picked, we picked right then. Right. So. Definitely. It's a, oh, it's amazing, man. I saw Frice there recently, uh, Incubus and bands like that. It's, it's a great room. Oh, nice. That's awesome. What I do on the podcast uh, is my final question for you today, but what I try and do to keep it as original as I can is ask the guests to come on to choose the final piece of music that's played so it can be any song by any band in the whole world. So it's fucking difficult to put you on the spot. Wow. But as our interviews all edited and ready for the world to listen to, what's the song that means a lot to you that came to your heart and soul as I asked the question that really means a lot to you? And I always love the reason why you think that song should be picked. So I'll pick a song called Plays Pretty for Baby by Zoloff, the Rock and Roll Destroyer. Best name ever. Never heard it, but hey. Yeah, it's, man, I heard that song when um, LimeWire was a thing. Fucking hell, LimeWire. Yeah, when I was in fourth or fifth grade. Leave your computer on overnight and hope so many MP3s have downloaded and half of them are fake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So and, and that that plays into what I'm about to say is I was downloading um, Sayosin. I was trying to download five Sayosin songs, and it said "Plays Pretty for Baby" Sayosin, and I was like, oh, "I never heard that." And then I downloaded it. Turns out it's from a different band. It was labeled incorrectly, but Anthony Green is still the singer. So yeah. it was the singer of this band, and I listened to it, and I felt like. You ever hear a song and it just feels it feels like nostalgic, even though you just heard it. Like you're like, Whoa. yeah, it's like, just like, it, like it gets you, doesn't it? Instantly, yeah. And that's how I felt when I was a kid, but I couldn't like process those emotions. Thinking back, I can kind of pinpoint it a little more. But it's been my all-time favorite song ever since. It's so simple and it's so short and you know when i hear it it's hard for me you know at least if i'm alone to not tear up to some capacity it just brings me back to my childhood and it's such a fun catchy little song and uh yeah so that's a great one and i've not heard it so it means i'll listen to it now and then probably spend the next week listening to all their music and fucking (laughs) find my new favorite band which is always good because it's amazing when a guest comes on and picks a classic like Foo Fighters or Green Day or Pearl Jam, but when you discover something new, it's it's so exciting. That whole first Zoloff record, the one with the, um, I think it's a lollipop on yeah. it, it, it has Plays Pretty for Baby on it. It's 
I'll spend it's, the next few weeks listening so to that. Yeah, yeah. If you if you like a kind of power pop, you know, I, that it's a really really good record. Awesome, man. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you today, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, I wish you all the luck with the tour. I'll meet you face to face. I'll come and say hello in Birmingham, and uh, yeah, good luck with the album. And uh, I really hope we can make this happen again sometime face to face because I love doing an introduction interview, doing a launch podcast, and then kind of follow it up face to face with some more chat. Yeah, I, we'll get together in Birmingham and we could do that. No problem. Awesome. Thank you so much. So there's my interview with me and Matt. What a great guy, great frontman, great songwriter, great singer, and just absolutely loved having him on the Mark and Me podcast. So thanks so much. And as you're listening to this, why not go and check out on the Citizen website, which is citizentheband.net, the UK dates. There's a real good opportunity to go and see this band live. I can't wait. And I really hope I get to see some of you down the front when I do. Also, if you can't make any of the gigs, their album Calling the Dogs is out now. It's a contender. We might only be in January, almost approaching February, but at the moment it's one of my favourite albums of the year. I've been listening to it for the last few months and I just love it. I love the tone. It gives me kind of a warm retro feel. It's got so many elements of other bands that I love. And it's just a great mix of music. So seriously, go and check it out. And then let me know on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram what you think. As always, guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, all I ask is you share it. You know the score by now. Go on markandme.com. There's links to all my social media on there. And all I ask is to hit the retweet button, share button, or put it as part of your Instagram stories. Tell your friends as well. Get everyone following Mark and me. And if you've enjoyed the episode, why not give it a little five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or a five-star little rating on Spotify. Again, it's a new way to get me up the charts and get a whole new audience coming my way. And that's all I ask for you guys in return for giving you these podcasts each and every week for free. If you want to go that little extra mile, I do have a Patreon account. This podcast isn't free and costs me money to put out there on all these different directories. And because it's doing so well, it needs quite a lot of bandwidth. So I pay money each and every month to actually host the podcast on all these different directories. So if you can give a little back, go on markandme.com. There's a link to Patreon. On there, you can sign up for as little as £2 a month. That's all it is. Literally the price of a can of Coke and a pack of Chewits. And for that, you get a guaranteed four episodes every month, even more usually. An exclusive episode, which is called The Lost Tapes, which is only available to people that support me on Patreon. You get a welcome pack, which includes stickers, badges, and so much more weekly competitions and I have announced just now to say thanks every single month I'm going to pick a random person that supports me on Patreon and send them a prize to say thank you so much for supporting me and this could be a Blu-ray set, a 4k set from Second Sight, a random book from Folio Society, uh, a signed picture of me, don't worry that's not really going to happen but you can get some cool stuff and I promise I'll make it worth your while to say thank you for supporting me. Also, I want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Richer Sounds. Without those guys, I can't keep this podcast going. So if you're in the market for a new home cinema, surround sound system, TV, Blu-ray player, headphones, or whatever you want in audio and visual, go on richersounds.com. You may have seen this announcement a couple of days ago, but there's going to be five episodes this week, which won't mean anything if you're listening to this podcast in three or four months, but this week you're getting five brand new episodes. So until then, look after yourself, take care, go and listen to Citizen, and I'll speak to you all very soon.